Welcome to the God is Able radio broadcast, a ministry of Old Savannah Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Austin Frady, and we thank you for joining us today on the radio as we open God's Word with a message entitled, The Reality of Hell. Let us pray. Our Father, we come to you today thankful for the opportunity to come before the throne of grace. Lord, we ask you today in Jesus' name that you would open our eyes, God, to the great reality that there is a beautiful heaven. But Lord, open our eyes also to the reality that there is a burning hell. I pray today that God, through this message and through the Word of God, that you would rekindle and revive and renew the burden for lost sinners inside of your people. I pray today for every sinner that is listening by way of the radio today. God, I ask you to touch their heart. I pray you draw them by your spirit. And I pray that you'd open their eyes and let them see, Lord, the judgment for sin. But Lord, I pray you'd let them see, God, in the same moment, Jesus died for them. Lord, we thank you today for what you've given us and done for us. We ask these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. The sun through the rain 
Verse 19, the Bible says, And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. 
But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us which would come from thence. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto the place of torment. And Abraham saith unto them, For they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they will not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. In this very familiar scripture in Luke chapter 16, you find this scripture is very well known in speaking of hell. And I want to preach to you this morning on the subject of the reality of hell. And there's no need in us coming to this place this morning. And as I said earlier, there's been much ridicule and much criticism upon this subject in days that have gone by. There's been much criticism behind many pulpits on the subject of hell. And it's been stated that there's no need in preaching on hell. There's no subject in mentioning that place. But I want you to know this morning that as I look into my Bible, uh, my friend, as I look through the Gospels, I look in in the places that Jesus spoke and the times that He preached and the times that He taught, I I find that very many times our Lord and Savior mentioned this subject of hell. And as I begin to think about, my friend, why is it necessary that we deal with this subject? I'll just be honest with you as a preacher. I I just as soon not mention hell. I I just as soon in myself and in my flesh, I, I just as soon tell you how good you are and make you feel good and make you like me. Hey, that's the way our flesh works. But I understand this morning that the Spirit of God, most of the time, He does not lead that way. I want you to know this morning that as we deal with this subject of hell, I'm dealing with this this morning not because I want to scare you, not because I want you to run out of here like a whoop pup, but I'm dealing with this subject this morning because it is my job to warn you and to tell you of the danger that is ahead. It is my job as your pastor for those that are saved in this building to rekindle something inside of you that you remember what this thing is all about. I'm going to tell you this morning, most of the time we forget about why we come and why we do what we do. And even a lot of times we'll mention those that are lost, but we forget the reality of the necessity that if they don't get saved by the grace of God, that there is a burning hell that they will go to. Hey, if we don't get serious with God this morning, church, there is a reality of of hell. It is a real place. It is not a figment of our imagination. Well, our friend, and you say, preacher, well, why are you dealing with this subject? For the same reason that as a daddy, if my young son or my young daughter were to go toward the stove while there's a boiling pot of water and they were to begin to reach toward that hot eye, the same reason I would say, no, son, don't touch that. It's going to burn you. For the same reason you as a mom or a daddy or as a grandma or grandpa, if you've seen a young and about to do something something dangerous. You would warn them of the danger that is ahead. I believe it is necessary that the church of the living God realize the danger that is ahead. And I believe it is necessary for us my friend to make known the danger that is ahead. My children I don't know about yours but they want to know why everything takes place. And if we tell them not to do something if my son or my daughter were about to touch that hot eye on the stove and I said don't do that they would want to know why 
And my friend, if I were to warn them to do that, in the very same breath I'd say, no, don't do that. I would give them an explanation as to why. Because it will burn you. Because there's something going to happen. There has to be an explanation of why we are giving the warning. We're living in a land and a country. There's people sitting in the churches. They've never heard a warning. They've never they've heard the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. They've heard of the cross of Calvary. They've heard of how good it is to be saved. But they don't understand why. They just feel like they can live out in sin. And they will be absolutely no punishment for that. They make the statement that God is a God of love. And that He wouldn't send me to hell. I want you to know this morning that God does love you. And that's why He sent Jesus. I want you to know if you die and go to hell. It'll not be because God sent you. It'll be because you rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll be because you rejected the Word of God. And you rejected the plan that God instituted for you to be saved thereby. My friend, in this subject, dealing with the reality of hell, preaching, my friend, this subject, we want to look at this morning the fact that this is a real place. This is not a figment of my imagination. This is not a religious dogma that's been thought of. This is not something that we come up with so we could gain more converts. But I want you to know that hell is a real place. The Jehovah Witness says that hell is right here on earth. That's a lie from the devil. Honey, the worst day you'll ever have on this side will never be compared to the best day you'll have in hell. I want you to know that the suffering that we face over here is absolutely nothing to be compared to the torment and the agony that is in that awful place. Isaiah testified to the fact. He said, hell is beneath thee. My friend, and as we stand here right now in North Carolina in the United States of America, if we were to go straight down into the depths of this earth, most of you know through a science flight somewhere in your past that the center of this earth is a molten rock, that it burns at 6,500 degrees Fahrenheit. And that my friend, if you were to take a piece of steel, if you were to take an automobile and you were able to throw it into that great temperature, it would just poof. It would burn that up. And we realize that the center of the earth is where hell is as we speak this morning. This awful place called hell, and my friend, is very close to us. It's not somewhere that's a way off. It's not somewhere that's way off. It's not somewhere on down the road. Honey, it's one heartbeat away. It's one breath of your life. And you could be in that place. You could be like the rich man, lifting your eyes in hell. And the Bible says that when he lifted his eyes in that place, I said it's a place. It's not purgatory. There's not a halfway place. There's not an in-between. My friend, you're either in hell, you're on earth, or you're in heaven. You're either in one of those three places. There is no in-between. My friend, the rich man lifted his eyes in hell. And the very moment, the very second that he died and drawed his life breath upon this side of eternity, and he drawed that last breath, and he lifted his eyes in hell. Honey, I want you to know for that rich man, it was all but too late. There was absolutely no more space for him to repent. The way that a tree falls, so shall it lie. There was no room for him to cry out and say, God, forgive me now. God, help me now. It was too late. His eternal destiny was sealed. His eternity was set. It was settled. Now one day he's still going to stand before the great white throne of God and give an account of the deeds he's done. But my friend, he's not going to stand.
stand there and give an account whether he was good enough to be saved or whether he was bad enough to be lost. He's going to stand there and give an account because he's lost and because he rejected the Savior. He's going to stand there and there'll be a decree pronounced upon him as to the decree of punishment that he gets in the lake of fire and the lake of brimstone. You say, preacher, where you get that degree from? Well, there are decrees of reward in heaven. There are crowns that you can obtain and these crowns you can miss out on. And so likewise, the Bible speaks over there about being in the lowest hell, the deepest part of hell, the worst are torment. There are degrees of punishment in that awful place. And the Bible says there that when the rich man lifted his eyes in hell and he being in torment, he seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. I want you to know this morning that when you enter into that place called hell, the reality of the matter is that hell is not just death. It's not just ceasing to exist. My friend, if you were to die and just cease to exist, that wouldn't be so bad. It'd be okay just to cease from her labors and to cease from her struggles and to cease from her sin and not have to worry about paying for it. Hey, that's the society that we live in. They want to add it up and stack it up. But who's going to pay the bill at the end of the road? It does not matter to this world. And it does not matter to this society. But I want you to know for your life, there's nobody else going to pay your bill except the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nobody else can pay your bill. Every time you sin, you're racking up a bill. And it's costing more than you've got. It's costing more than you're able to pay. You do not in yourself have the means to pay that tab. I want you to know this morning there's one that suffered, bled, and died on the cross of Calvary. He has the means to pay your bill and to pay your sin dead. You may not know how. You may not know where. You may not know how to get to Him. I want you to know you can just hold on a little while and He'll come to you and He will set you free. But you've got to be willing, honey, to accept Him in His in the free pardon of sin. The reality of hell is that the rich man lifted his eyes there. Seeth Abraham afar off. When you die, when a person dies and they go to this awful place called hell, my friend, they are in a body that will not burn up. They are there in a, in a, in a form. Friend, not like that car I was telling you about. That if it were to win into that 6,500 degree temperature, it went poof and there'd been nothing left of it. It just mixed in with the rest of that molten rock. But my friend, those people that are in hell this morning, they are feeling every flame. They are feeling every pain. They are feeling every torment. Yet they cannot die. No doubt they would love to face death. As to, as to mean to cease to exist. No doubt they would love to get out of that place. No doubt they would love to not have to worry about anything any longer. But they are in a body that will not ever burn up. My friend, they feel every nerve in their, in their being. They feel everything that's going on. And they cannot, they look around. And that rich man, the Bible says, he can see. They have all of their senses. They can hear. They can feel. They can touch. They can smell. They can see. 
see, friend, much like you and I are here this morning. Can you imagine burning a brush pile, waiting to let God at His feet, and this hopping off right in the middle of that thing? There wouldn't be anybody in this room that would be willing to do that in their right mind. They wouldn't jump into the middle of a burning fire. So, friend, if you're here this morning lost and undone without God, I want to ask you why in this world would you leave this church house and my friend take the danger and take the risk of rejecting Jesus and stepping off right in the depths of a devil's hand. That rich man was able to see. I want you to realize that he couldn't see much of anything except Abraham. He couldn't see what was coming up behind him. Bible says it's a place of weeping and of gnashing of teeth. He didn't know when somebody was going to latch on him. Can I say to you, those people in there that are doing that gnashing of teeth, that was probably his best buddies on this side of eternity. That was probably the ones that he had partied up with. That's probably the ones when the preacher man came by, he said, I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to like it because that's where all my buddies are. Can I say them buddies in hell is the ones that was latching on him. He didn't know when they was coming. He didn't know where they was coming from, but they latched onto him and began to gnash him with their teeth. And friend, he began to weep and he began to cry out and he couldn't see where they was or where they was coming from. All he could see was Abraham over there and see Lazarus afar off and see the fact that he was comforted in his bosom. You know what that means? That just simply means that the rich man could see what he was missing out on. I mean, it's one thing to miss out on something good, but it's another thing to be in the torment, to be in the agony, and to be able to literally see a better place. Friend, this morning as we look, and if we could just close our eyes for just a minute, I want you to imagine on one side hell. I want you to imagine the screaming and the torment and the agony. And in this time period in Luke chapter 16, it's being mentioned hell was two compartments. One of it was hell itself. There was a great gulf fixed in between. And on the other side was a place called paradise where Abraham and all those that died in faith through the Old Testament, through the beginning of the New Testament went. And my friend, that great gulf, that rich man could look over there. Can you you imagine being in hell and being able to look over and see Lazarus comforted, being able to look over and see bottles of water everywhere, look over and see a fountain running. Could you imagine being able to look over and see the goodness of God and know all the while that you could not cross that great God? Now when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, He suffered, bled, and died. He descended in the lower parts of the earth. He stepped in, my friend, when he stepped into the grave. He wasn't laying there asleep on that old stone slab, but he descended into the lower parts of the earth. He went down into that compartment of paradise. He preached unto those spirits, the Bible says, that were there. He led captivity captive. He took all those, Abraham, and all them people that was there that died in faith. He gathered them up. And honey, when he left out on that third and glorious morning, he took all them saints of God with him. Amen. Paradise this morning. It's not in the center of the earth anymore. Paradise is in the immediate presence of God. That's why Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord because that place has been emptied out. And when that place was emptied out, hell enlarged itself. I want you to know this morning Abraham ain't down there anymore but Abraham is in heaven. Abraham is with the Lord. I can just imagine them old people there. I can imagine Abraham. He was there comforting in the Bible saying 
is. He was comforting Lazarus as he stood there. And I can just imagine, friend, as Abraham, he'd get up before those people. I believe he'd preach to them. I believe he'd say, Jesus is coming. I believe he'd say, there's one coming. I believe he'd say, boys, we're going to get out of here in a few days. I know this is a pretty good place. I know you're comfortable, and I know the goodness of God is here. But we're going to a better place. We're going to a place, friend, where we won't have to worry about anything. Jesus is coming. And that day, my friend, when Jesus died, was placed in that tomb. And Jesus marched in to that place called paradise. Jesus stepped in. I believe old Abraham started shouting. He said, boys, he's here. I'm not preaching that he's coming anymore. I'm going to preach that he's here. I'm glad there's going to be a day when this old country preacher is going to get to quit preaching that Jesus is coming. And I'm going to get to shout hallelujah that he's here, that he's coming back, and that he is here. I'm glad this morning that one day we're going to get to cease from our labors and we're going to get to cease from the things that we're doing. We're going to get to cease from the witnessing, from the struggling and the burden. We're going to, have to, we're going to get to quit praying and we're going to get to just shout around the throne of God and enjoy the goodness of the Lord and enjoy the grace of God. I'm enjoying it down here, but I can just imagine what it's going to be like when we get over there, when I get to pre- quit preaching that He's coming and I get to shout hallelujah He's here. I can just imagine John the Baptist stood on the river, the banks of the river Jordan said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Hey man, he died before Jesus did. Herod took his head off. I, I can just imagine that day. Oh, what a reunion day that must have been. That one whom he had baptized. I seen the Spirit of God lighting on him like a dove. And all of a sudden he steps into that place. I, I can just imagine the spell John the Baptist took. Honey, they some Baptists ain't never shouted. I want you to know when Jesus comes, you better get out of my way. Because I'm going to shout like you ain't never seen. Hey, praise be unto God. It'd be all right. Practice a little bit this morning. Because whether you believe it or not, Jesus is coming back. And one day we will get to say, He is here. Hell enlarged itself. Hell, that's the only change that's taking place there. It's just a little bigger than it was. Torments are still the same. Rich man's still crying out. Father Abraham, you know they'll be crying in hell. You get that? Bible said that the rich man cried out. He cried. He didn't say, Father Abraham, I need a drink of water. No, he was in torment. He cried out. Father Abraham, he was screaming, crying and weeping because he could not have anything. His, his tongue was parched. He would have given anything just for one drip, just to dip Father Abraham's finger in the water and just put that little bit on his tongue. Just one little ounce of cooling would have satisfied him, but he could not receive that. Friend, I want you to know anything in hell you need will not be there. He was able to taste. He was able to see. And I can just imagine after that great gulf was fixed, after, Abraham, after that great gulf collapsed and, and, and hell was engulfed and, and enlarged itself after paradise left, 
I can just imagine as he couldn't see Abraham anymore. I can just imagine he couldn't see around him because hell's a place of outer darkness. But I can just imagine all the thoughts of every every day of his life, of every opportunity he had to do something for the Lord, of every opportunity he had to go to church, of every opportunity he had to get saved. I can just imagine the thoughts that run through his mind. And Abraham even told him, he said, son, remember. He said, look back. There is a remembrance in hell. I want you to know the torment of hell will be bad. The fact that you'll burn and never be able to burn up. The fact that that flame will, my friend, continually burn upon you. The fact that they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, honey, will be bad. The fact that you'll be able, my friend, to hear those screams all around you. Won't that be terrible? But the fact that you will be able to remember that you could have been out of that place. That you could have got saved. The fact that you remember every gospel message that's ever been preached to you. You'll remember every gospel song that ever had to touch a God on it. You'll remember them singing near the cross. Oh, how I love Jesus. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That'll be the songs that are played in hell. Yet there will be no, no reason. There will be no opportunity for those people to repent at that song. Friend, when we sing Amazing Grace, the Spirit of God gets in it, that gives you an opportunity to get saved. When the man of God preaches and the Spirit of God gets in it, that gives you an opportunity to get saved. When this choir gets tore loose and they get to testify and the Spirit of God's in it, that's an opportunity for you to get saved. I want you to know in hell it'll be like one of them church services where everybody else is shouting all around you, but you can't feel a thing. You can't get nothing out of it. That's the way it'll be in hell. They'll be shouting all around you. That'll be in your mind and me in your remembrance. Yet you won't be able to do one thing about. You'll be miserable being in torment. He said, son, remember. 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 Friend, wouldn't it be terrible to be there this morning and to feel like as those flames were engulfing you, feel like you're sitting on a church pew, holding on to a church membership, holding on to your pride, holding on to some little alt you've got against your brother. And you're sitting there in hell. And you're holding on to all these things. And you're wrapping them up and holding on as tight as you can. Yet they will not give you any comfort. And they won't give you any peace in your life. I want you to know this morning that could be your life in just a few short minutes. That could be your life in just a few short days. You could leave here at any time. Bible says be you ready for you know not the day nor the hour. But I want you to know God has been gracious unto you. And he's extended your life just a few more minutes. You could come this morning and get saved and not have to worry about holding on to those things in hell. You could let go of them this morning and accept the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to hear this message in its entirety or join us in one of our services, find us on Facebook or visit us at our website at oldsavannah.org. And we would like to give you a personal invitation to come and be in one of our services on Sunday morning at 10 and 11 a.m., 6 p.m. on Sunday evening, and 7 p.m. on Wednesday night as we travel verse by verse through the book of John. We're located at 138 Sutton Branch Road in Silva, North Carolina.